my bunkie died, bro. The old man who slept right next to me, he died. All right, good afternoon. This is State of Florida versus Stephen Testa with multiple cases before the court. What's poppin', man? It's your boy E.I. The King, and this is the Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever transformed my life. This is the incarceration. All right, today is part two of COVID in prison. And I share with you, man, my entire COVID experience of while I was incarcerated when the pandemic hit. All right, so listen, if you haven't watched the part one of COVID in prison, go ahead, stop this video right now, Go back and watch COVID in prison part one, just so you can go ahead and get caught up and understand like everything that was going on in prison whenever the pandemic hit the nation and especially when it hit prison and specifically in the state of Florida and the prison where I was at. So listen, man, as I already mentioned, we all are on quarantine, every single dorm, everybody is on lockdown. And we already heard about a couple people getting sick throughout the pound. Uh, we heard people like even like getting sent to the hospital, you know, but we're only hearing these things. And like, yo, in prison, you hear stuff all the time, man. There's always rumors, you know, inmate.com is what they call it. You know, you hear everything, you know, everyone's always talking. It's a whole bunch of gossip. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, an isolated city behind the fence. So there's stuff like going around every single day, you know, so you hear everything. So whenever we hear about people getting sick and we hear about people going to the hospital, it's one thing to hear it, but then there's another thing to actually see it or it pops off in your dorm and then it becomes like real to you because you witnessed it and you've seen it. So now people are starting to get sick in our dorm. So the, the prison, what they did, they implemented, and all this is coming from Tallahassee. It's like statewide from the state of Florida. It's mandatory. Uh, what they're doing is they got like nurses coming in every single dorm throughout the entire prison twice a day. I think one was like at six in the morning, and then another nurse would come in at like 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and our nurse would walk around and she would have like the little, you know, the thermometer and she would walk around and, you know, she would take everybody's temperature or she wouldn't even use a thermometer, I don't think. I think they had like the little gun, you know, they just walk up. I don't know. I think different nurses had different things, whatever. But I think for the most part, the nurses had the guns. And I remember because like, we'd be sleeping at six in the morning and they'd walk by and just, you know, you wake up and they'd be over you with the little freaking, you know, gun, you know, trying to get your temperature. So um, they would do that twice a day. And if anybody had any like high temperature, like, yo, they quarantine you. They take you from the dorm that you're living in and they would remove you and they would put you in that dorm that is specifically assigned for like the COVID-19 quarantine. So there's people in the dorm getting sick. And it's funny because like no one's really talking about it, you know, because like one thing about prison that sucks is getting moved. Like that's literally one of the worst things that can happen in prison, unless like you're in a terrible spot, a terrible prison, a terrible dorm, you hate it there, whatever. But for the most part, like no matter how like savage, no matter how ratchet, no matter how bad the living conditions are, like you eventually get comfortable and you get a routine, you get used to the personalities and the people around you. So you just get familiar with your environment. So 
it sucks that whenever like out of nowhere you can just get transferred to another prison or you can go to confinement or you can get you know moved to another dorm for whatever reason and you got to relearn like a whole new environment like immediately you know it's just like you know survival instinct you got to immediately just be aware of, you always have to be aware of your surroundings aware of the people around you how people move you immediately classify and you know how to profile everything and everyone around you because it's a part of survival it's a part of adapting to different hostile environments so you know that's a part of prison that sucks especially whenever you're doing years and you got a whole bunch of homies and you're just used to being in a certain spot and having your set schedule and your set routine so whenever people are getting like these high temperatures and they're being taken from their dorm and they're being put in quarantine like first of all nobody wants to leave the dorm that they're in because you know it's uncomfortable but also too like they definitely ain't trying to go to like the the covid quarantine dorm because we already see like on the news yo it's pretty serious people are dying all throughout the nation we're hearing about people getting sick on the pound people going to the hospital and nobody wants to go to that freaking quarantine dorm because, all right, you may have a fever, but do you really got COVID? And if that's where they're putting all the people who do got COVID, you're definitely going to get it when you go over there. So it's funny because people in the dorm are starting to get sick, but nobody wants to tell anybody they're getting sick. They're trying to like eat it. You know what I mean? They ain't talking about it. You know, they're trying, they'll just be like sleep comatose on their bunks for like three, four days, however like long it takes for them to get over it. And then it was funny, too, because there became like a hack whenever the nurses would come around and take everybody's temperature. If the people who were sick really didn't want to be quarantined. And the sad part is, is nobody's even caring or thinking about the people in the dorm that, OK, if I do got COVID, if I am sick, I don't want to be around everybody who's not sick because I'm going to get them sick as well. But hey, in prison, is every man for themselves. Nobody really cares. So even if the people do have COVID and they're sick, man, at the end of the day, man, it's prison. Everybody's only worried about themselves, man. They don't care about the next man. So, hey, they're not going to go ahead and voluntarily be like, yo, take me to quarantine because they don't want to go over there. So what the heck is people are getting their wash rags. They're going to like the sink, but in cold water under it. And before the nurse comes around and checks their temperature, they're like soaking these cold, you know, wash rags into their forehead hoping that whenever they run the gun, like the temperature check on their forehead, that their temperature won't be high. The cold water will actually bring it down. And, you know, they'll be able to hold it over the head. And that way, like, they won't get quarantined. So once again, like, yo, like COVID really hasn't gotten super serious on the pound yet. People are getting sick, you know what I mean? But they're keeping it to themselves. And no one's, like, died, like, in the dorm yet. Like, we haven't heard about anybody dying, like, on the compound yet. Of course, people are trying to escape from quarantine by, like, putting the cold rags on their head. But for the most part, everybody's still, like, just trying to survive. Like, nobody, like, everybody hates being stuck in the dorm, like, with no canteen and no wreck. And there's some violence popping off in the dorms. And everybody's got a short fuse because we got freaking cabin fever. Everybody's stuck in the dorm you know 24 hours for weeks on end and it sucks you know but the nurses come around and normally like all the nurses in the chain gang are like women and they can be a lot of attractive women so like you know all the inmates all the convicts are trying to holler at the nurses and flirting with them so everybody's looking forward to when the nurses come around so it's still kind of like lightened spirits you know what i mean like the mood's still good like it really hasn't like hit home yet to where this is super serious um, but as I mentioned, you know, in episode one of COVID in prison, like, yo, it did kind of get like pretty serious when we seen the police coming, like hazmat suits. We're like, dang. 
But that only lasted for like a couple of days because even the police were like, yo, like we're not trying to wear these hazmat suits like all day working. It's super hot, super uncomfortable. So they only wore like the hazmat suits for a couple of days and then they stopped wearing them. All right. Now time progresses. And like these little fevers that people are getting, some people are getting these little fevers, but some people are getting hit hard and they're getting like slumped. You know what I mean? They're not eating for like four or five days and they're just like comatose on their bed. Then I get hit. And, uh, you know, keep in mind too, man, I'm waiting to go to work at least. I'm ready to go home. I'm watching the news, seeing people die. I'm hearing that this COVID-19 is killing people. So of course, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of paranoid, you know, so I get slumped. I get hit for like three days, can't leave the rack, feel like there's a semi truck sitting on my chest, can barely breathe. I just think it's kind of like me being like a hypochondriac, like, you know, overthinking it. And it's kind of like in my head, but still I was slumped, man, for like three days. You know, so now people in the dorm are kind of getting sick for real. And uh, some people are taking it better than others. Some people just got like fevers and really no symptoms. Other people, man, they get slumped for a few days. Um, but my bunkie, man, the guy who sleeps right next to me, he's like mid-50s. But he's already got pre-existing health problems. He, uh, I think, had a, a few strokes. I don't think there's one. I think he had one or two. I never really spoke to him, honestly. Just because he was like an older guy. And um, he was kind of nasty, you know what I mean? And I guess just being honest, one thing about prison that like did to me is like I hated being around older people because like, I don't know, a lot of elderly people in prison are like nasty, you know, and, and unless they like been in prison forever and they got old in prison, I'm just being honest, a lot of the elderly people in prison normally have like, you know, sex offenses and like child molestation cases and things like that. Once again, not to condemn, not to hate them, still loving on them with the love of Christ and trying to see them as Jesus does. But a lot of times, like I didn't have like a lot of like friendships with like elderly people unless they were like already, you know, Christians or involved in the church or for some reason they were cool or whatever. I just had, for the most part, yeah, I didn't talk to the guy, you know, he was just Older guy, kind of nasty, whatever. Uh, but then my bunkie, um, so he gets sick, and uh, there was a guy who slept next to him, a younger guy, and uh, they were from the same city. So this younger guy used to kind of take care of this old guy, you know what I mean? Like give him food and just look out for him, make sure he was good. You know, that's a common thing in the chain gang. Like, like the elder pe the elderly people, especially like the ones who don't have sex offenses and all that, and he didn't have one. You know, people look out for him. Like old school, you straight, you good. Let me know if you need something. Da -da -da. But once again, he wasn't that old. He was only like in his mid fifties, but he moved like an elderly person because of his stroke. You know what I mean? He had a cane. He really couldn't talk that good. He was really overweight. And like I said, he was pretty nasty. So this younger guy from his city used to try to like take care of him and help him out from time to time. So he got sick. You know what I mean? Everybody's getting sick now at this point. And then my bunkie, the old man who sleeps next to me, he gets sick. And I remember one day, like, he used to always, he lived in the TV, the TV room. He lived in the day room. He used to always watch sports, watch everything. He just lived in the day room, lived watching TV. So one day, like, everybody's, like, screaming and yelling in the day room. And I think I went out to go get some water or something. I'm seeing what happened. And uh, they're yelling at my bunkie. They're yelling at the old man because I guess he just, like, pissed. He just pissed on himself when he was out there, like, watching TV. And uh, I'm sure he, no, obviously he didn't mean to. He just like pissed. So everybody's just selling him out, saying how nasty it is. Da -da -da. And, you know, the young guy from the city, you know, helped him, like walked him to the shower, made sure he got in the shower and, you know, took the mop, threw bleach down and, you know, mopped up his piss for him and everything. Uh, wiped down the bench and all that. So anyways, you know, the old man was sick and obviously he was hitting him pretty hard. But then a couple of days after that, he did the same exact thing and he pissed again 
in the day room. But this time, like, he didn't even make a, di a big deal about it. He just pissed and just, like, kept watching TV. And that's when people were, like, snapping on him. Like, yo, you're tripping. Like, we know you're sick, but still you just can't just, like, piss and just act like it's no big deal, man. So they're just yelling at him, you know, just, like, snapping on the old man. Same thing, you know what I mean? His friend helps him go get in the shower, cleans up his mess behind him. And it gets to the point to where, like, all right, now you can see, like, he's moving slower. He's night eating, you know. So his young homie, you know, tells the nurses when they come through and they take the old man out. You know what I mean? They quarantine him. But rather than moving him to the quarantine dorm, they take him to medical quarantine, which is more serious. And then we hear in a couple of days that he dies. So this is when like COVID really got serious for me because it's like, dang, like I personally felt bad because I never shared the gospel with the old man. You know, I never really like went out of my way to like show him. I mean, of course I was nice and respectful and, you know, I give him food every once in a while, but I never really like intentionally like shared the gospel with him or just showed him the love of Christ like I could have. And like, like that was just like kind of like a wake up call the Lord used for me to like to always be missional and to make sure I'm loving and, you know, sharing the gospel with everybody and to share and show the love of Christ, you know, to all people. And it was just like a wake up call for me. It was definitely like a life lesson. And, uh, but I also too was like a wake up call for like COVID, like, dang, like, yo, like, we hear about people dying on the news. We see it. We hear about people getting sick throughout the compound, people getting moved to the quarantine dorm. But yo, like my bunkie, who literally I could like put out my hand and hit the bunk next to me, like, yo, he's not there anymore. His bunk is empty and it's because he died. You know what I mean? Like, I remember like waking up in the morning, I see his empty bunk and I would just like really like process it through my mind, like, dang, like, old school really died behind COVID. You know what I mean? And like I said, too, like I'm waiting to go to work at least at this time. I'm dying to get out of prison and go home. And it's like, dang. So now like my mind's turning about like, yo, when are they going to start doing transfers again? How long is COVID going to last? You know, and man, it was just definitely like, uh, the, like I said before in episode one, the hardest prison time I ever did in my life, man. It was crazy. So this goes on for months. You know, no rec, no canteen, but slowly but surely, you know, even as the pandemics, you know, spreading throughout the nation and throughout the globe, um, things on the compound, people are still getting sick. People are still going to the hospital. We're hearing about a few more deaths. Um, but things be kind of like become a new norm. And then even administration begins to like lighten up on the restrictions. Now, like dorms can go out one at a time to wreck. So that becomes like our new norm, like going to wreck like every other day for an hour. You know, so we're dying to go outside. I'm out there running my life away, you know, because I like to run and work out and, you know, play sports and things like that. And we can go to canteen now, like every couple of days. So everybody's like stockpiling on canteen to where like the canteen's empty because everybody's buying everything they can because they don't know when they're going back to the store. Um, so, man, that went on for months. And then finally, you know, they started to open up the compound again, you know, like child services started happening and we could start going back to child. But once again, too, it was like one dorm at a time. So it was uh, like months and months, you know, maybe like three or four months of like just just quarantine, like being stuck in the dorm, like no canteen, no rec, no nothing. And then like starting to go to canteen, you know, like every couple of days and the rec every couple of days for a couple of months. And then chapel months down the line and then like call outs months down the line school months down the line so it was like you know maybe i think about a year process i don't know if it was a year 
um, maybe six to eight months. It was definitely a long, drawn-out process of being completely locked down on quarantine and things slowly opening back up. And uh, just the whole COVID experience, man, in prison was chaos. Uh, like I said, man, they stopped doing transfers for a long time. But thanks be to God, man, when they started doing transfers again, I was one of the first people out of prison, man, going to work at least. Because a lot of people, like these months of quarantine, all the people at work at least are going home. So a lot of these work at least centers were empty and they needed to fill them back up ASAP so the state could start getting half their check. You know what I mean? And, and of course, help the inmate population transition back into society. But for the most part, the state wants their money. So they're trying to fill up these work release centers as fast as they can so they can get half of everybody's check. So um, they start sending a whole bunch of people to work release. And thanks be to God, man. You know, I get transferred from prison and I make it to work release. So listen, that was my COVID experience while in prison. So once again, man, this is your boy EI the King. And this is the Incarceration Podcast where I talk about prison, pre, post, and in present. And how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the incarceration. So listen, man, any questions about COVID while in prison? If you were in prison and you were in there during the pandemic, and if you're at a different prison, whether it be in the state of Florida or throughout the nation, go ahead and drop it in the comments. Uh, let me know how your experience was. Uh, if you love this video, man, go ahead, drop some fire emojis, like, and subscribe to this channel, turn the notification bell on. And I do have another podcast. It's called Let Me Talk Bro. It's on my official music channel. It's called EI The King. So go ahead and subscribe to that podcast and that channel as well. And what's up, man? Y'all like the home studio here or you feel like I should go back to the official studio? Let me know. And it's your boy, EI The King.